The Run, Lift, Mom podcast is brought to you by my efforts as a Zaya Active Independent Representative and partners, Hello Woofy for social media, Red H Nutrition, and Audible. Audible is the newest of this lineup, and if you want to try Audible free, all you've got to do is visit audibletrial.com slash runliftmom. This podcast is supported by a partnership with Red H Nutrition and my efforts as a Zia Active Independent Representative. If you would like to get a weekly text message from me with a new release from Zia Active as well as a health tip you can use, go to newreleasewednesday.com and I will add you to the list. That's newreleasewednesday.com and now on with the show. Welcome to the Run Lift Mom podcast, where we're talking about running, lifting, and momming, not necessarily in that order. And today we're going to talk about something that will help you level up in all three areas, and that is your nutrition, the fuel that you're putting into your body. I am so blessed to have a repeat guest on the show. I've got Katie Danger, owner of Red H Nutrition and host of the Everyday Athlete podcast. Katie and I are going to go through some common diets. I see you paleo. I see you vegans. We're going to go through some of these common diets and discuss the micronutrients that you might be leaving on the table should you choose to follow these plans. We just want you to know where the gaps might be and also how you might fill them. It's also a cautionary tale for eliminating a food group altogether, and we're going to take it one by one. Without further ado, Katie Danger. All right, welcome Katie Danger of Red H Nutrition to the Run Lift Mom podcast. Hey Susie, thank you so much for having me again. It is a pleasure to be here. You know, Katie, you are on, and I will link the episode below. You are on back season one, episode 21, and we talk specifically about supplementation. Tons of great knowledge there, so I'll remind the listeners, all they've got to do is swipe up in, it depends on the player you're in, you'll either swipe up or you'll click details for that round one, but we're going to cover something completely different this time, and we're going to talk about nutritional deficiencies with some of these fueling plans that folks you know, that, that, that folks are adopting around this time of year. So do you mind giving me just a little bit of background, Katie, in your, I know you are well studied and you consider yourself a student of food and nutrition. Do you mind giving me some of your background? Yeah. So 12 years of experience with CrossFit, triathlons, powerlifting, Olympic lifting, endurance sports. So a lot of that experience is trying different fueling plans and just seeing the results that I've gotten. Um, But then from the institutional perspective, I am currently in my precision nutrition level one certification. So I should have that in a couple months. That's how my plan's laid out. And then I do have a master's degree in exercise science. So I've had some of that indoctrination from the institutional setting. 
I love folks that come to it with a balance of both. And obviously you're really, really fine tuned in on that micronutrient, the vitamins, the minerals, the micronutrient side. I want to break it down to basics. So can you tell us the difference between macronutrients and then micronutrients? Like what are we doing when we're eating? You'll hear people say, oh, I've got an eye on my macros. If it fits into my macros, how is that different than say being B12 deficient? Right. When people are talking about macros, they're talking about three things, either carbohydrates, proteins, or fats. And when I think people are referring to macros and if it fits in their macros, really it's about calorie and energy expenditure. Um, Calories in, calories out for weight loss. This could be performance related. You know, Proteins, fats, and carbs are used differently when they're, when they're in the body and how they're processed for energy. So when we're talking about macronutrition, we're really talking about whole food sources of carbs, proteins, and fats. And as the name would insinuate, is it correct that macro would mean big picture in terms of that energy equation? Yeah, you know, and before you get into talking about micronutrition or supplements, you have got to have a solid foundation of your macros, your whole foods, your proteins, your fats, and your carbs. Because no matter what, no matter what, you can't, you cannot work uh, a bad consumption of unhealthy fats, unhealthy carbs, and unhealthy proteins. I love that. So if somebody's listening to this show and they're like, ooh, I saw it was about nutrition, click here, I want to listen, but they're at the very, very beginning point. Your advice to them is first take a look at your macronutrients. Then once you get that dialed in with healthy food sources, then take a look at that micro level. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be complicated where you're trying to figure out how many grams of each. Now, just from a little sciencey perspective, when it comes down to it, carbs have a certain net, uh, net calorie, fats have a different calorie, and so do proteins. Fats have higher, they have nine, gra- nine calories per gram, and I believe proteins and fats each, or excuse me, carbs and proteins each have seven. So as you can see, it, you don't have to get too complicated. You just got to look at your plate and go, okay, do I have a fairly even balance of protein, an animal source, perhaps dairy or a plant-based protein? Do I have some good carbohydrates, fresh fruits and veggies, organic if you can, not processed or refined sugars? And then what kind of oils or fats am I getting? Nuts, seeds, um, olive oils, avocado oils, things like that. So you don't even have to think about counting. Just look at your plate and do you have a good balance of the three? I love that. I love that. So let's start to talk about some of those fueling plans. And we're purposely using this language. Guys, when Katie and I were in the green room, which is where you talk about what the show is going to be before the actual podcast, we mentioned we didn't want to refer to these things as diets because diet would insinuate that everybody is trying to lose weight. And we know that food is fuel. So we're going to refer to this as fueling plans. But I think you guys are going to recognize the names that we're giving here. Talk to me a little bit, Katie, about as someone who has this institutional knowledge as well as the application. You have a brick and mortar supplement store and talk to people all the time. Talk to me first about somebody following a paleo fueling plan. What types of gaps might they be leaving open? Well, a lot of times with paleo, people tend to hit heavier on the protein or fat portion than they do carbs. Um, So you're probably looking at some deficiencies in the fiber that you're getting. You might not want to intake a lot of fruits because you're thinking too high sugar. Um, And a lot of people just don't want to go down the 
uh, get a lot of veggies in because they take a long time to chew and they're not really the most delicious or satisfying to the palate. So when it comes to paleo, I really want people to take a look at their fiber intake. The CDC, the cent- um, oh God, Center for Disease Control, they are saying that fiber is a nutrient of public concern. Like right now, it's not vitamin C, it's not iron, it's not protein. It is fiber that most Americans are deficient in. That's why we're seeing so many digestive issues. And as a lot of people know, and if you haven't heard it yet, so much starts in the gut when it comes to the genesis of all disease seems to come from the gut. So that's why fiber is so important. I love that. And it definitely, when the CDC says, hey, we need to be looking at this, this is a serious concern. Um, For those that aren't familiar with that language, paleo, I just want to let those listeners know that paleo basically is nuts and seeds, meat, uh, fruit, vegetables. It eliminates dairy sources as well as the majority of your wheat-based sources, like grain-type sources. Mm So awesome. So, um, so they might be too into one area or another and be missing some of those, those nutrient gaps. Yeah, a hundred percent when, and, and that's where I think micronutrition is so important. It, if you are following, like we are going off on paleo right now, you could be following it and you could be getting in the healthy oils, the fats, the, the clean, the clean, high quality cuts of animal, animal protein, But if you don't have a way to mobilize that after it's digested in your gut, you could still experience things like bloating, gas, or indigestion. And then oftentimes you're like, what's going on? I'm eating healthy. And I put that in quotes for a reason because it's defined differently for so many people, but you're still experiencing certain issues. And that is where I think people should start to take a look at micronutrition. Like, how can I support my fueling plan better? What what can I do to optimize this for myself? Awesome. Awesome. And I want to make the point too, we're not, you know, we are going to go through these one by one. Um, The second thing I want to do is talk about primal, which is a little bit more flexible, but kind of still in that paleo family. Katie and I are not saying you shouldn't eat like this. Guys, if it works for you, that's going to be the best plan for you. But we just want you to be aware of some of the gaps you might be creating if you're fully committing to a template like a paleo or for example, a primal. So primal will typically allow for dairy that isn't super highly processed. Um, Mark Sisson, uh, the primal blueprint, if anybody is familiar with that, I will also link that in the show notes. What do you think about um, just again, from a nutrient standpoint, from a digestive standpoint, um, primal as opposed to a paleo, if someone's interested in a lower carbohydrate diet? It seems like the biggest difference between paleo and primal, one is that dairy is something that's allowed, but it's that unprocessed nature to things. And I actually think it's a pretty good protocol or fueling plan to follow for somebody who's looking to really get the most from their food and not exclude too much. Now, the, as far as from a micronutrition standpoint, I would still say fiber because most people just aren't getting enough fruits and veg. And then when it comes to unprocessed fruits and veg, it's going to be even less. I mean, I see very few people out there who are eating just broccoli florets or cauliflower or or raw carrots, right? So that's where Primal can get a little difficult for people wanting to get all their fiber in, but stay to the unprocessed portion of the, the fueling plan. 
So I still think fiber is going to be a, a big thing that you, you would have to hit on there. And, you know, depending on what your dairy sources are, you might want to look at a probiotic just because sometimes excess dairy can cause bloat and gas. And that's not because we're all lactose intolerant. It's really because the excess that's in there, our body just can't assimilate it as quickly as we'd like to. So it sits in the gut, it ferments, causes gas, bloat, and indigestion. Um, but as far as what I've learned, know about Primal, it seems, although hard, maybe difficult to follow from the unprocessed perspective or getting as close to the original product or animal cut of meat, I think it's pretty solid. Awesome. Thank you for that. And I don't want to disrespect Mark Sisson's work, guys. Um, Primal is a about a lot more than just that fueling plan. It's also about getting out there and moving naturally. But um, I appreciate your take on that. And it sounds like in the Paleo Primal uh, department, you are saying pay very close attention to fiber and recognize that good health starts in the gut. Yep. Yep. It does. Awesome. It does. Let's move on to a vegan or a vegetarian, and I will let you, um, you know, define those and then just talk to us about some of the gaps that those types of fueling plans might create. Yeah, so a vegan is no animal-based products at all. No honey, no dairy of any kind. It is strict, just plant-based products. Here's the, I do have, now for six months, I followed a vegan lifestyle. I had some I guess I just had some mood and mental disorder and issues that I had struggled with for a really long time and I needed to make a change. So I, I was able to follow a vegan for six months. It was difficult though, because you're still missing some things like vitamin B12, which we get from animal sources. And that is, that is essential for energy metabolism, for brain health, for red blood cell count, for oxygenation of the blood. So when you think about all those things, the vegan diet is very deficient in terms of making sure that you are an optimized human being. We've got to have B12, and the only way we can get it is either from an animal product or supplement. I also love that you mentioned this. I want to tell you, so I followed a vegan lifestyle for about a year. Um, it was right out of grad school, the China study. Y'all, the China study got yep. me. I was yep. like, <laughs> I, um, and the China study, for those that don't know, it's a longitudinal study um, that was done in China, um, and I will link that below as well, but it's very pro- vegan. Um, yeah. And it got me, I was very convinced by that science. Um, and I won't talk about what I think it did for my fertility, because that's another road altogether. But I will tell you that when I was following that vegan lifestyle, I always knew which health practitioners were worth their weight about the question they asked. When I shared that I was vegan, if they said, how do you get your protein? I knew they had no clue what they were talking about when it came to nutrition. If they said, how do you get your B12? then I knew that they were worth their weight. That would be the primary concern with something like that. Yeah, I 100% I agree. Um, one of the, I guess one of the lessons I learned from being a vegan um, after I started to add back animal products into my diet was that I was looking for sources that would kind of give me that mouthfeel or that satisfaction that meat used to give me. Mm -hmm. And I, would, I often chose tofu or like the impossible burgers, things like that. And what I realized is tofu along the lines of in years it has been in the food industry, it's, it, there's like no way to get non-GMO soy anymore. Soy has just been processed so much that even the organic, wonderful kind that you can pay hundreds of dollars for if that exists out there is still GMO. So you've got to ask yourself, you know, am I okay with putting that in my body? But then with those impossible burgers that are coming out, they're so heavily processed and filled with 
unnatural ingredients and flavoring, it leads me then back to if you want to be a vegan and you want to do it right, you've got you've really got to look at that processed nature of the alternatives you're going to be adding in. I love that. Mark Britton gives the advice that if something has more than five ingredients on the label, it is a no-no. Um, and so would you recommend for someone that is eliminating, say, animal products altogether for maybe moral purposes, mm-hmm. like a vegan, um, do you think that five-ingredient rule is a good thing to follow? If it's for moral purposes, probably not. I, I don't think they would really care so much, honestly. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing it for health reasons, and that's like what your why is, that's what your passion is, you want to get healthier, get rid of the process. Don't. You're probably going to have some tofu because a lot of recipes call for it, and that's okay. Um, but as far as those Impossible Burgers and those other meat alternatives that are out there, like the chicken nuggets, you know, without the E or the N in it, whatever they're doing. I just, I, I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time believing that that fits into a healthy vegan lifestyle just because of the processed nature of things. And that's why I kind of, that's why I started to add back in animal products and meat. To me, it made more sense. And it, it, honestly, vegan is like primal minus minus the meat and the dairy it's still got to be unprocessed it's still got to be natural and as close to that raw material as it can be i agree that that those those plans have a lot in common that people definitely overlook so um outside of b12 what would you say if someone is vegan or considering vegan um what else should they kind of have their antenna up about well, you do have to look at protein, but not necessarily like uh, like maybe a protein shake like most people think, but I'm talking about collagen supplements, collagen type one and type two. So as we age, especially women, once we hit 30 and beyond, now this is for everybody, but particularly women, um, our collagen stores start to deplete. And unless we are either eating meat or animal products, we're not going to get that collagen from plant sources. So we've got to look at supplementation for collagen. It's so, so important important for bone health and joint and tissue integrity. So if you're an active person and you happen to be over the age of 30 and you happen to be vegan as well, make sure you're getting your collagen in absolutely 100% for sure. I mean, I know we're going to try to do this conversation plug-free, but I'm going to raise my hand and do it. You have a product on the market um, called Superflexi, and that does include a type 2 collagen within it. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. It's got 100 milligrams of collagen type 2. I know. We're going to try to do it, Katie, but I can't. I can't not have this conversation and not mention Superflexi. It's one of my- It's a great product. I appreciate it. (laughs) Um, Talk to me a little bit then about like a vegetarian would allow for things like um, you know, like dairy or a pescatarian would say no to chicken and beef products, but yes to fish products. Um, what are the concerns with those? I don't, I mean, I know they're not under a vegan umbrella, but, uh, they're definitely, uh, far from our paleo or primal counterparts. Yeah. So, uh, pescatarian that is no chicken, but fish from what I understand. Right. Yeah, so you're going to have some of the same things. Um, Vitamin B12 is going to probably be deficient simply because red meat is where you're going to get the majority of that from. Um, And then I I cannot say enough about fiber. I'm going to say it over and over and over (laughs) again for pretty much every diet we talk about, um, except unless like you are uh, like a an unprocessed primal vegan, 
you're probably getting enough of your fiber because you're just eating veggies. And um, where do you live and who is preparing it for you? <laughs> I know, I know. And kudos to them because they can find, I guess, pleasure in just, just having that. Um, but yeah, pescatarian, you're going to see the same things. We want to, you know, you might want to add in a little B12, um, but fiber, absolutely get your fiber in, need it. Awesome. So, um, and I know for vegetarians, when I was doing health coaching and bariatric counseling, we would find that a lot of times vegetarians, just by nature of eliminating a lot of protein sources, would get into weight gain trouble um, because their their intake would end up being carbohydrate heavy. Um, have you seen that as well? Yeah, that is actually the fear of a lot of people going to a plant-based or vegetarian or vegan lifestyle because they're like, well, you know, I, I don't, I don't do well on grains and breads and what they don't understand is and I'm going to say this and I believe it. Nobody ever got fat off of fruit. You've never seen, like, if you ever watched that, my 600 pound life on TLC before, like none of those people are getting drug out of their houses because they have too many banana peels or apple cores around right. it. Uh, and and I, I will say this, my sister was a vegan for years. This was about 10 years ago. And reflecting back on what her diet consisted of when she was took all animal products, even dairy out of her diet, what she was doing is she was filling it with a lot of processed things, candies, sugars, cakes, carbohydrates. And a lot of times you can think that you're being healthier because it seems like there's always a war on something. There's a war on meat. There's a war on apples. There's a war on milk or dairy. So you think that you read something, you're getting healthier by eliminating you're just, you're like replacing something with something suboptimal. Right. Right. You know, even in some circles, I, you know, we didn't plan to talk about this, uh, this fueling plan, but I mean, there are fruititarians. Um, famously, Jesse Itzler, who is married to Spanx's Sarah Blakely. Uh, Jesse is a great entrepreneur in his own right, but he is a rabid fan of Harvey Diamonds, who wrote the Fit for Life book back in like the 80s or 90s. Um, and Jesse is a pretty phenomenal ultra marathoner. And y'all, he does, for the first couple hours of his day, he just does fruit. It's a big joke. Every time he travels some big shot business place, he takes like 20 bananas. Yeah. Um, I, I have found that through my journey, I've never, I've never completely eliminated really, uh, besides being a vegan, um, fruit. I just like fruit. I like the way I feel when I eat fruit. Um, fruit is full of oxygen. And then depending on how you feel about like, uh, I guess, spiritual or philosophical things, a lot of people believe that there is that aspect of fruit too, that, you know, it comes from the earth. It gives us a different kind of energy than the animal product would. And, um, I, I admit, I, I enjoy eating a lot of fruit. I have never had limits on it right now. I do not count macros. I just eat when I'm hungry, but I get an apple a day. And I mean, there is some truth to the saying that an apple a day keeps the doctor away. It's just, it's just full of good stuff. And a lot of times we think that fruit is just so heavy laden with sugar, we stay away from it. But I'll tell you that a lot of those people who aren't eating fruit are getting a heck of a lot of sugar from the processed and refined carbohydrates that they're, you know, replacing instead of the fruit. Right. Great, great point. I love if it came from the ground or had a mama is pretty good advice. Um, let's talk about, I want to talk about one more that kind of is left field, but we know more and more people practicing it. Um, and then I want to go into some of the supplements that you would recommend 
specifically, for example, for a B12 deficiency or for a fiber deficiency um, or just for general gut health. Um, let's talk about the carnivore. Carnivore diet or carnivore fueling plan is like paleo on steroids. It is just meat. <laughs> I think my listeners could see the problem here, but it also sounds like quite tempting to those who love steak and bacon all day long. Talk to me a little bit about the gaps that we might create if we follow something like that. Well, with carnivore, when you completely eliminate anything, just like with the vegan, you're going to have deficiencies. You absolutely will because you're on the end of the spectrum and you're not balanced. Um, but with carnivore specifically, you're not getting any fiber. You are, I mean, meat products, animal products tend to require a higher digestive load than uh, you know, a fruit or a veg would. So it's going to take a little bit more effort for your body. Your, your, your energy expenditure to get that done is going to be higher. But you've got to have fiber. There has got to be a way to move this food and break it down through your body so it can get excreted. And also, fiber does help with the digestive process and assimilating proteins too. So if you do follow the carnivore diet, think about where you're going to get your fiber from because it's actually going to help you get more of your protein from your food anyways. It just it just makes sense, honestly. Um, and then another thing would be vitamin C. Vitamin C is so important for immunity and a lot of cellular functions. Um, so I think that supplementing with a multivitamin would be appropriate for carnivore as well. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm hearing a lot of trends here, Katie. <laughs> as we've gone through these different plans, I'm hearing a lot of trends, first and foremost, that good health starts in the gut. So can you talk to me about the Red H product that would close that gap? Well, since we spoke so much about fiber, um, I would say, actually, it's hard. There's a, you can get a super greens that has your fiber. It's got, it's got veggies in it, six servings of veg. It is, of course, powdered into a form that you can drink. So as far as um, getting all the fiber, you're, you're getting a minimal portion of it. But if you're not getting any veg in, it is better than nothing. It's 25% of your daily required value, which according to the FDA is about 25 to 30 grams per day. Most people are only getting like 10 to 12 if we're lucky. Um, and then a great probiotic. There's a couple things with gut health you got to talk about the vagus nerve. It connects. It is the messenger between the brain and the gut. They talk to each other. It's cyclical. If one is offset, if you're having an emotional day, your gut's probably off. If you ate something bad and your gut's off, your emotional stability is probably off. Neurotransmitter activity is promoted by gut health. Whether or not um, those chemical messengers can even make it to where they need to go for muscle contraction, for digestion. Um, so fiber is very, very important to move food through the body and out so it doesn't sit in the gut and make you sick. Um, and for, you know, just overall toxicity of the body, get it out. It can't sit in there very long. Um, but then a probiotic, when you have good gut flora, our gut naturally has microbiome in there. Some people think, oh my God, my gut has bacteria, but this is, this is just the, the truth of the matter. Um, there is good bacteria that helps promote food and digestion and helps promote those neurotransmitters to be good chemical messengers, helps promote that vagus nerve to be healthy. And you need a good probiotic. Uh, the adaptogenic symbiotic, kind of a fancy word for a probiotic, what the Red H one is formulated to do, it took all this knowledge of gut health. Most humans are deficient in the three most abundant gut flora, and that is the three probiotics that are in the adaptogenic symbiotic. 
Then we have invertase in there, which helps with carbohydrate digestion because unless you're following carnivore, the majority of our calories are probably coming from carbs, whether it is veggies or whether it is you know, uh, wheat, barley, whatever it may be, grains and cereals. Um, and then it does have prebiotic fiber. If you have an upset tummy of any kind, or if you're trying to get your gut back to homeostasis, probiotics are great. But if you already have an, an unstable gut, so you've got this war, you've got the good bacteria versus the bad bacteria. And at this point, the bad bacteria is probably winning. So what you want to do is you've got to feed that good, the good probiotics, you've got to feed it something so it can proliferate. And if you just put it in there and hope and pray, but you still have an unstable gut, you're probably not going to see the results. And that's what happens to a lot of people is they'll take a probiotic, but they don't supplement with a prebiotic fiber. And they don't see the results and like, well, probiotic didn't work for me. So instead of making people guess, we put the prebiotic fiber, it's called fructooglyosaccharides, the FOS, we put that in, in the adaptogenic symbiotic. So you get this full, you get the three most abundant gut flora, you get help with your carbohydrate digestion, and then you get the prebiotic fiber. I love this. And I want to make sure the listeners know, like, Katie, when, when we decided you were coming on, you were pretty hardcore about, I'm not trying to sell anything to anybody, but I can't talk to you and not get the stuff like this because you have specific solutions for it. So listeners, I'm sorry, you can fast forward through this or whatever, or if you would like solutions to the problems we have just discussed for a half hour, this is great. Can I also get you to comment on the B12 supplement that Red H um, offers? Yeah. Anna Kobalamin or you've got the methyl cobalamin. And a lot of people out there are familiar with B12 because they've gotten injections before. I've gotten B12 injections before because they're promoted as it's going to help with your energy levels, your mood and your focus. Like, cool, we all need that, right? We get lethargic, right. Um, which you should probably look at your diet first before you get an injection. However, with the B12 injections, it comes in the cyanocobalamin form and it needs to be concentrated. Like we, the the liquid drops that you would get in a store or the formula B12 that I'll talk about here. It's in a, it's in a small dosage. It's in the microgram form. 2.5 micrograms is the general recommended daily allowance. However, in a shot, you're looking at like 200 plus micrograms. The reason for that is, is because it is not bioavailable. It does not get processed by the liver completely. So you have to get such high doses in order to get the result you want. Whereas you could do a liquid dropper in the methyl cobalamin form, highly bioavailable, sublingual approach, gets absorbed very, very quickly. And also it's very cost effective. Our formula B12 is 60 servings. It's one, one milliliter per day, gives you your recommended daily allowance. That will last you 60 days is $35. Or you can go once a week, once every 10 to 12 days and get a shot for 60 plus dollars. Do the math. So not only is it a higher quality and bioavailable form, easier to take, tastes better, uh, but it's also more costly. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you very much. So I wanted to just present, um, you know, obviously I wanted to talk about the gaps that we could be potentially putting ourselves in if we adopt the fueling plans that maybe aren't giving us all those great fruits, vegetables. I, the things I hear you saying are <laughs> don't eliminate Make sure that you're getting whole sources of food if it came from a ground or had a mama style. And then also, if you know that you have a risk for potential, to think about some of the solutions. 110% yes, agree. Um, I, I think the best fueling plans are the ones that work for an individual. I, for a long time, believed that balance was the key. But when it comes down to it, 
Balance is different for everybody. If it works for you now, stick with it, but also look at the opportunities to fill the gaps that could potentially be there. Because as far as I've experienced, if you want to optimize, if you want to be the best that you can, if you want to have a solid fueling plan, micronutrition fits in with that macronutrition. Love it. Thank you so much, Katie. I'm going to put all of the details um, in the show notes, depending on the player someone's listening in. They can either swipe up or click details. I also want to let them know that you have your own podcast where you go even deeper. I mean, we're, we're talking nutrition today, but you also go into mentality and the everyday kind of athletic stance. Do, do you mind plugging that really quick? Because I think my listeners would love it. Yeah, it covers a lot of different dimensions of wellness, nutrition, focus, attitude, um, relationships, all of those things go into what really makes a healthy human being. It's not just the food we put in our mouth. Um, But I believe everybody's an athlete. And that's where the Everyday Athlete podcast, the genesis of it comes from. If you are somebody who wants the most from your fitness, most from what you're doing with your life, and you're also balancing a lot of other priorities, maybe you're a parent, maybe you're a parent with a nine to five. Um, You've got multiple kids and then they've got priorities and they've got sports and things like you're juggling a lot of stuff, but that doesn't mean that you don't deserve to optimize what you have, what you have to give to yourself. Ultimately, take care of yourself the best that you can, and then you can take care of others optimally as well. So that's really the whole basis of the Everyday Athlete Podcast, just to give tips and tricks of things that I've learned through the years, both with my institutional knowledge and my experience just to give a little bit of an edge and perhaps save somebody from a mistake that I've made in the past too. I love it. Take care of yourself so you can take care of others. There is no better fit for listeners of Run Lift Mom. I'm going to put the details in the show notes. Thank you so much, Katie Danger of Red H Nutrition for being here. Yeah, thanks, Susie. I appreciate it. I hope that was helpful for you to hear. I want to make very clear, I am not a doctor. Katie's not a doctor. We don't play one on the podcast world or anywhere else. So obviously, these are conversations that you are going to want to have with your primary care physician. That said, it serves you well to be empowered when you go to have that conversation. And if you're feeling very strongly about a certain way of eating, you need to know what you might be leaving on the table. Thank you so much, Katie. There is no better expert to talk about macro and micronutrients as well as supplementation. I am blessed to have you on the show not once but twice. Until I get into your earpiece again, remember, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. That's from 1 Timothy 4.8 and this has been the Run Lift Mom podcast. Thank you for listening to the Run Lift Mom podcast. What started as a passion project in February 2019 now has over 60,000 downloads and over 400 listens each day. It is amazing and I know it is because of you, dear listener. I want to thank you for your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. 
all you have to do is take a screenshot of your rating or your subscription. If you've already done it, clearly this is fair game. Take a screenshot and go to newreleasewednesday.com. That's newreleasewednesday.com. That's going to put you in a drawing for a free Zaya Active outfit, top and bottom piece, valued at over $100. Newreleasewednesday.com. Show me where you have rated and subscribed, and I'm going to get you in that drawing. Thank you so much for making this passion project possible.